Welcome back to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jay St. Clair. We're going to start out of news from Iran. So an Iranian military expert and nine other people were killed in a Saudi-led airstrike in central Yemen on Saturday. The airstrike targeted a Houthi position in Sirwal district. West of Marib province, information minister Mohammed al-Arani said. So he said, Iranian military expert Hadir Serjan and nine other people killed in the attack. He did not specify the nationality of the other people in the attack. According to the minister, the slain expert was responsible for providing military training to the Houthi rebels. He had replaced Hezbollah leader Mustafa al-Gawari, who was killed in Marib in May. Irani and Sherjan killing shows the level of Iranian involvement in the Yemeni conflict. Obviously, it's a proxy war that they're having to each other, but uh, Saudi's just an outright, like, I'm going to blow you up. Um, obviously, I think Saudi's in a much stronger military position than Iran, so Iran kind of has to do that. They're going to want to cause trouble between the two countries. All right. U.S. nuclear envoy arrives in Seoul for talks with uh, South Korean and Russian counterparts. The U.S. Special Representative for North Korea, Sung Kim, arrived in Seoul on Saturday for talks in South Korea and Russian counterparts as they seek North Korea's return to dialogue amid renewed tension over ongoing military exercises between Seoul and Washington. Kim, who doubles as an ambassador to Indonesia, began his four-day visit here after Pyongyang reacted furiously to the Allied exercise, calling it the most vivid expression of U.S. hostile policy. Uh, I'm looking forward to very close consultations with our government and government colleagues, Kim told reporters upon arrival to Incheon Airport west of Seoul. Kim added that he also met with Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Igor Morgolov, and who arrived in Seoul on Saturday morning. I think it's going to be very productive, Kim said. So on Monday, Kim is scheduled to hold bilateral talks with uh, with um, Soviet and let's see, so. Uh, oh, sorry, Seoul's top nuclear envoy discussed how to achieve substantial progress in the efforts to complete denuclearization establishment of lasting peace in the peninsula. So I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast or anything or like uh, any like previous stories leading up to this. That's when Trump went to South Korea, or sorry, went and met with North Korean leader over, I think it was Indonesia or something like that. Anyways, that kind of faltered. Kim had wrote like an official letter to Trump saying, hey, let's start this back up. Obviously, he was too caught up in other things. And then all that progress made just went right down the toilet. And now they're back to step one, actually, maybe even further below step one at this point. Anyways, that's politics for you. Okay. Anger and despair rise in Haiti one week after devastating quake. Tensions in Haiti were rising Saturday, one week after a devastating quake that killed more than 2,000 people, as scant aid arrived in the remote regions of impoverished Caribbean nation were hurt the hardest. Many Haitians whose homes and livelihoods were destroyed by the magnitude 7.2 quake that struck last Saturday morning said they were unsure how to even start rebuilding. The official death toll from the earthquake stands about 2,189 people with a best 332 still missing, Manada said. Residents of towns across southern rural countryside are still digging for bodies believed to be under the rubble. Tens of thousands of homes in ruins, many families with no option but to step uh, sleep outside and dis- despite torrential downpours at night. Yikes. Um, I'm gonna. I wanted to touch on this one real quick too. Is uh, uh, Fox Business did a did a little article on where the Taliban get its money and funding from them. Um, in Afghanistan, I want to see if it was a little if they had a different take on it than I did. What I followed up, so let's see what they said. Uh, let's see, 
The Taliban on the heels of this is from Fox Business News, written by Megan Henney. Uh, the Taliban on the heels of steady month, months long military blitz retook control of Afghanistan last week, just four months after Biden announced he would withdraw the troops. All right, all right, all right. Let's see here. Let's go down here. Here we go. Uh, while it's difficult to know precisely how much money the Taliban bring in each year, a recent United Nations report estimated somewhere between 300 to $1.6 billion. It's a big, big range there. Let's see what they say. The primary source of Taliban's finance remains criminal activities, including drug trafficking and opium poppy production. Oh, that's what I said. I think that's the number one. Uh, extortion. I don't think you're going to get a ton of money from extortion, but maybe illegal taxation if you're going to if you're going to go that route. Um, so obviously, the way they've been operating, their extortion is going to go up higher because uh, they could extort more companies, more businesses for taxation, kidnapping for ransom, probably a very small amount there. Mineral exploit- exploitation. That's probably a lot. Um, mining. And revenues from tax collection in areas under Taliban control and influence. So Hanif Sufizada, who studied the Taliban's finances and economic policy analyst at the Center for Afghan Studies, predicted the group got about $416 million from drugs. Oh, there you go. Afghanistan for nearly 80-40, 84% of globally open production over the past five years, according to the United Nations, and about $400 million from the mining or of uh, mining ore of marble, copper, gold, zinc, and other materials. So what should have happened if they wanted to go in and really just shut down the illegal activities is go in and just absolutely burn all the opium. But instead, they taught them, taught them how to make, grow it more effectively and also show them how to transport it, logistics, increase it probably tenfold. Uh, the militant group received another $160 million through extortion, taxes, $200 million from private donors and international institutions, many of which are located in Persian Gulf countries, $240 million from everyday consumer exports that are used to launder illicit money, such as auto parts, reassembled vehicles, and $80 million from real estate. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jay St. Clair. We talked about the Iranian military leader getting killed, the U.S. trying to start talks back up with Russia and South Korea regarding North Korea's, you know, nuclear bomb development and all, and uh, the uh, sad news of an out of Haiti. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Take care. I hope everybody's doing well. I uh, appreciate you guys. Okay, bye.